welcome to Her Dark Materials. I'm Fear. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. In this episode, we are talking about chapter 16 of The Amber Spyglass, The Intention Craft. that makes us rage i just like i can't like this is i think this might be the first time that i've come to a chapter and been like i don't want to do it yeah absolutely i it's the fact that it's within the first like paragraph i'm like "Mm, i'm out absolutely not i I won't stand for this (laughs) basically but before we get into that hello how are you hi i am good good i would say with more conviction i'm good (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you believe me that time uh, sure i'm a little ball of stress but i am okay how are you uh. <laughs> god such conviction from both of us uh, we're both going through it a little bit i will say that uh i'm all right though i'm just like burnt out i think i think that's the thing i think that's what i'm what's happening there's too much going on in the old brain you know in the old noggin mm-hmm. one positive thing that we've done recently just to like not get on this track of negativity that i will definitely take us on just trying to you know pump up the positivity we went outside and we were learning to skate and skateboard that's fun Mm -hmm. we were we were we did uh we are both brilliant bitches on wheels now (laughs) (laughs) rich is uh rich is on the old roller skates and i'm on a skateboard together we will conquer the skate park and be the coolest kids there absolutely <laughs> i definitely don't feel like being like hello fellow children <laughs> when I'm like rolling around like steve buscemi and that thing yeah for sure that's from 30 rock is it mm-hmm. so i had my first skate lesson first couple of skate lessons with our friend matt and they went really well and i was like bossing it and then i went out on my skateboard with our friend zach and fell off and it hurt and then I lost like a bit of my confidence and then when we went out the other day I was like Rich hold on to me I'm scared at times I was basically just pulling you along like some kind of sled dog but it was fine (laughs) I was really struggling with like pushing off the board while I was still going and I feel like I got that down without grabbing onto you too much you were there but like I was still holding on to you but I wasn't like using you as to like pull me along yeah and we're gonna try and keep it up we are especially over the summer when it's nice like just going out in the park is great and having like more a reason a purpose for sure yeah because i'm just get stuck in the house all the time and i hate it yeah it was dead nice as well i just really enjoyed sitting on the grass in the sun between skates i've missed the sunshine i'm really happy it's not even dark outside right now and we're recording at five to eight in the evening it's not it's not quite dark so great i mean we should say in this intro we've got a lot of stuff going on me and Rich. Rich is going to tell you all about her stuff in a minute, but I'm going to tell you that we are going to take a break. A little break from this episode. We are not going to be back until the 27th of June. So a little while, a bit over a month, but we have got some exciting things in the pipeline for like different kinds of episodes that we haven't really done before. 
and we'll be back on the 27th we don't know if we actually don't know whether it'll be a chapter yet or one of those episodes that we mentioned but we need a little bit of a break honestly i think that we're both burnt out and we don't want to not enjoy doing this podcast so i think taking a little break will help us you know get back into the flow of it uh, we've both got a lot going on otherwise yeah i think it'll i think it'll help we need a little bit of space to breathe I think, especially with some pretty exciting bonus episodes that we've got coming up that we will, you know, would usually record on top of our regular podcasting schedule. Mm. It's just not feasible at the moment to do all of those things at the same time. So we're kind of scaling back, thinking about looking after ourselves, protecting our energy because it is in short supply. Please do bear with us while we have this little break and wish us deep breathing. Yes. (laughs) Yes, please, please, please. Also, just a general shout out, because I feel like we never really mention our Patreon um, and we probably should more. If you want to join us, it's really fun over there. Like, we've got a lovely Discord and I fucking love that Discord so much. I love everyone in that Discord. The Discord is like one of the highlights of my day. Like For sure. There's some yeah. great chat. We've got like currently discussions on like whether people are going to do like a little Eurovision Song Contest watch along, which yeah. by the time this comes out, it'll be too late. Sorry yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Folks that like watch like Bake Off and Sewing Bee together. Like we've been, we do like rewatches and stuff. We haven't planned a movie night in a while, but hopefully we'll find something fun to do over the summer. Yeah. Sure. I love and that. Yeah, me too. I love the Discord. Patreon in general. You get Rachel's artwork on there. We do bloopers. We do like video content sometimes. Just anything that we've kind of got in the background, like we'll throw up there. We did like some nice little uh, snippets from when we were in America and in the mere woods and stuff like that. So if you want like bonus content like that, uh, join Patreon patreon.com mm-hmm. forward slash hdmpod and like rich said we do watch alongs and things like that we haven't done one for a little while because we went through his dark materials again re- quite kind of recently like the end of last year so yeah we when we've both got a little bit of time to spend planning that kind of stuff we'll definitely be back on him because i love doing the watch alongs well and this winter oh well oh well of course whenever yeah. we find out whatever the hell happens with the tv series which i hope is this year uh yes that uh that will definitely be happening in the Young's channel on our discord and i can't wait yes but also just to say about the patreon as well you do get a lot of fun rewards um but also it's really it it helps us so much like the the income that we get just to be completely transparent the income that we get from from patreon helps pay me and rich for our time making this podcast which we both spend a lot of time on it helps to you know pay to keep the podcast running because it costs money uh, to do a podcast um and all that all merch and stuff like that costs money and that it really helps and everything that um everything that we get from patreon either pays us for our time or it goes straight back into the podcast and it's meant that we've been able to do some really cool stuff that we didn't think we'd ever get to do like t-shirts and things like that so it really is helpful mm-hmm. it really is yeah and it's just like you know support your fave queer content creators exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> if you can we would love it but Rich, you have some some interesting news. Yes, a big factor in taking this break is that I am about to hit some of the busiest, like one of the busiest months of my year because I've signed myself up for two festivals. Festivals? Conventions. I wish. I just, I'm in a festival mood. The sun's out. Uh, two conventions within a short period of time. So from the 27th to the 29th of May, that's the end of this month, I will be 
at MCM Comic Con London. I've got a table there. I'm selling all my like acorn babies and staglets and cute stuff. And I've been like running around like a headless chicken trying to get everything made. Yeah, really excited for Comic Con. Uh, and then two weeks after that, in June, the 11th and 12th of June, I'm doing ToyCon UK at the Novotel in Hammersmith. You can find tickets for both those events on their websites. Uh, ToyCon UK is like specifically geared towards toy makers and it's really fun. It's like a lot smaller than Comic Con and cheaper to go to than Comic Con. And it's just like all sorts of toy makers that very much like me make loads of stuff or resell stuff they like have fa- there's some really fun like vinyl importers that get like really crazy stuff from japan that's really cool um and usually like you know if there's a bar in the venue it's really nice uh you get to chat to people it's a cute weekend if you like cute fun weird stuff you should go to both of those events um yeah, yeah. and come, come and see me and tell me hello and especially if you listen to the podcast and you come and see me tell tell me because I will freak out. Yeah, for sure. Also, <laughs> you missed the most important thing, Rich, which is Oh uh, yeah, I mean Faye probably is gonna tag along for Comic Con. Fucking rude. <laughs> That's so rude. I need your help so much, I should right. not insult you. <laughs> How fucking rude. I worked my ass off Faye, for your last Comic Con. <laughs> you did. I there's a special place in my heart for customer service, Faye. Like <laughs> it's like you just like transport yourself back to being like 17 years old and like mm. working in the Disney store or like Urban Outfitters or wherever you worked and just like this energy <laughs> the customer service energy yeah it's beautiful it never leaves Saves me takes me back to like working in a gift shop when I was like 15 it's great One, honestly it never leaves truly like I thought I would find like maybe I'd be like find it difficult but I fucking loved it so yeah if you come to London Comic Con you will see both of us because we'll both be there yeah oh my god if you do go to comic con and you listen to the podcast please come and say hello to both of us we fucking love that i'll stash some podcast stickers in 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 my bag and if you come and tell us you listen to the podcast we'll give you a sticker hey Faye. hi what would your demon have been this last couple of weeks so i want to Basically, I haven't done my homework and I want you to help me. <laughs> okay, I can help. Um, you can copy off me. The test isn't until tomorrow. <laughs> thank you. Um, so basically, I was just thinking about skateboarding and that I needed you to hold me up. And I was thinking mm-hmm. what kind of... I could have ha- had an animal that would have helped me balance and I was trying to think of uh, of a demon that could help me. Oh, you were talking about skateboarding animals. My head went immediately to the bulldog that skateboards mm-hmm. through 100 people's legs. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, great skateboarder, but I don't think he could hold me up. He could maybe teach no. me some tricks. Um, who would hold you up? Some kind of like llama, something with like a long neck. You could like yeah. hold, hold onto their neck as you go along. Like an alpaca or something. Yeah, yeah. Also because they're fluffy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's a good one. I've not had that one before. Mm. That'd be cool. I feel like that would be a really cool one to have. And they can spit on people that I don't like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also like every time someone's like ah oh, i love your llama demon you can be like actually he's an alpaca how dare you i actually don't really so know so rude the differences between llamas and alpacas i think llamas are bigger okay i'm sure there's a punny joke in there somewhere that's like the weasel and stoat difference but llamas and alpaca llamas and alpacas i don't what's know what's the weasel what's the difference between weasels and stoats well weasels are weaselly recognized but stoats is totally different <laughs> 
I broke Bay because she hates me, not because she's actually laughing. <laughs> Honestly. I love that you teed up that joke perfectly as well. You were like, what's what's the difference between my <laughs> I hated that. I don't know why. <laughs> I just did. The reason you hated it is it is is a literal dad joke. I think my yeah. dad made that joke. <laughs> oh my god. I, yes. I appreciate it. You know what? I respect it, but I hate it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, my auntie, shout out to Auntie Sue used to love singing a song that they sung at a production of uh, Wind in the Willows because the weasels in the States are the bad mm. guys. And the song goes, we're weaselly evil, we're totally bad. Oh my God. I think, <laughs> I think I know that. Do you? Brilliant. I don't know what it's... Yeah. Something in my brain just clicked. Also, I think the reason why I got annoyed at your dad joke is because I actually don't know the difference and I wanted to know and you just came up with this fucking annoying I, I wanted a legitimate answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Again, I feel like it's a size difference thing, but also I don't know. Same with llamas and alpacas. Mm, yeah. Okay. What would your demon have been this week? <laughs> uh, keeping it Weasley and Stoty, I am choosing for my demon to be an otter. Oh, Within cute. the same kind of family as those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, partly because there were some great otters. I went to the zoo at the weekend. Oh, it yeah. It was bloody brilliant. Mm-hmm. And there were some great otters and... The fact that the noise an otter makes is the exact same sound as my internal screaming um, really <laughs> sure. does it for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get <laughs> They that. do this like really, I'm not going to do it because this is a podcast. I don't want to hurt everybody. But like they do this really little high pitched squeal and like it makes me really happy. And yeah, just looking at these little otters doing this like little tiny scream. No. Just, it made me really happy because it was like a tiny scream, but it's also quite joyful. And it was like, they're a tiny little boy band. Um, so I just want a tiny boy band otter to come and scream Ooh. externally my internal scream yeah. that exists at all times anyway. So We yeah. saw lots of sea otters when we were in California. We did. Oh, they're mm-hmm. even cuter because they've got the fuzzy faces. Just a couple of demons for a couple of gals, you know? <sighs> okay. Shall we get into this fucking hellscape of a chapter? We shall. chapter Yorick, Lyra and Will fixed the knife. Yorick spoke to Lyra and Will and Lyra said a potential farewell to Bear Dad. In this chapter we spend some time with Bad Dad Azriel and the captured Mrs Coulter. They argue and we are forced to endure some of the most misogynistic shit we've encountered thus far. Azriel holds a council meeting and takes the group, including Mrs Coulter, to see his shiny new midlife crisis car. (laughs) Sorry, I mean intention craft. A vehicle controlled by willpower. Coulter commits grand theft intention crafter and escapes with LMP. Honestly... Rich wrote that structure and it was fucking great because this chapter is just... I just felt we needed some like levity yeah. because I was so filled with rage while making my notes for this chapter. <laughs> and Yeah, I've just never yeah. been so angry while making notes for a chapter. Like, I hated it. I've truly hated it. I think it might be my least favourite chapter of them all. Like mm-hmm. not only mm-hmm. is it like misogynistic, but it's also fucking boring when they're like walking a million miles to get to the intention craft like why is it so far away it's like the knife description all over again them fixing the knife just say that it's far like oh my god honestly (laughs) i love that this is the start we're at let's 
we've I'm coming into this chapter, this episode, with a plan to have like a safe word <laughs> for when we feel like we're getting too angry and that it's not going to be fun to listen to. Okay. <laughs> and for also when we need to take a breath and be like, okay, it's fine. Asriel's a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So <laughs> I wonder what can a safe word be? Uh, uh Scoresby. Oh. Because it'll make us think of Lee yeah. and that makes us feel better. So if you're okay. feeling like you're getting too angry about bad dads, we'll think of a good dad and we'll shout Scoresby. Okay. Would you like to guess what the picture is at the beginning? Uh, is it an attempt at drawing the intention craft? No, mate. Is it LMP tied up? No. It's just a bunch of fucking stairs. Oh. Stairs and battlements. I mean, they do go down a lot of stairs. <laughs> True. <laughs> cool. So this quote, like, I got a bit angry at first, like, as soon as I read it, just for the pure fact that I don't understand why there's so many random capital letters in it. Oh, you see, my entire thing is all caps because of the way that it's, like, blocked into a thing. You'll have to tell me what's capitalised and what isn't. <laughs> right. So pendant is capitalised, uh, magic is capitalised, of starry lamps, like capitalised as in like the first letters, uh, Cresets, I don't know what that is, that's capitalised, uh, Napsa and Asphaltus are both capitalised. Why? Huh. So weird. I don't know. I'm about to get out. I wonder if they are capitalised in the original poem. Hmm. No, there is no particular reason why they're capitalised thusly because... Thusly, who do I think I am? <laughs> Milton. Um, <laughs> All right, pop a fucking capital T at beginning of that and then you will be. Oh, I will. Yeah, I don't... Pfft, who knows? Phil's just, yeah, channeling his inner MySpace profile page <laughs> and randomly capitalising things. Fucking... We were talking about that the other day, weren't we? They taped every mouth. We were. <laughs> Scribbled out the truth of their lives. Indeed. Not yet, Faye. Not yet. Mm-mm. I'll be coming on the podcast soon. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay, tell, read it for us. From from the arched roof pendant by subtle magic, many a row of starry lamps and blazing cressets fed with naphtha and asphaltus yielded light. This is a description from the first book of Paradise Lost, the poem by John Milton, which we know Phil bloody loves and was a massive inspiration for this book series. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can tell why Phil's picked it. It's clearly supposed to be kind of representing Azriel's fortress for this chapter because we get a lot of descriptions of Azriel's fortress. But the description in Milton's poem is actually of Pandemonium, which is Pandemonium is a realm of hell. It is the capital of hell and it is the capital building in hell. Is it really? Is that where that word comes from? Yes. So uh, Pandemonium, pan meaning place or home and demonium meaning demons. So it's home of the demons. <gasps> Oh my God, I didn't know that. Do you know yeah. what it made me think of? The hymn song called Sweet Pandemonium. Of course it did. Well then, of course it did. now you know what it's about. Yeah, right. And like, so obviously people refer to places as being like, oh, it's pandemonium in here because it's like chaos. And it's because pandemonium is like the capital city of hell and it's full of chaotic demons. Oh, That's why. I love that. I love mm. it. So a little bit of info on pandemonium because you know me, I love researching a hellscape. Mm. Uh, I mean... <laughs> Yes. So pandemonium is built by fallen angels and angels build a lot faster than humans. So it's far more spectacular than any of the wonders of the human world. Um, It's like bigger than the pyramids. It's bigger than the Tower of Babylon and all the things like that. So it's fancy. According to Milton's version of pandemonium, uh, it's built under the direction of Mammon, and the architect is an angel called Mulciber, who used to design palaces in heaven. 
So Mulsibert is a fallen angel who used to design palaces and houses for heaven, and now he's doing a palace design for hell because he fell. Nice. And fun fact is that Mulsibert is an alternate name for the Roman god Vulcan or Hephaestus, which is the god of volcanoes, who is heavily associated with like metalworking and forge and not forgery, but forges. Mm-hmm. I just think that's a really cool thing because like the whole vibe of this entire chapter is like Asriel's fortress, mm-hmm. lots of forging happening, lots of like big metalworking stuff. Pandemonium is built mostly out of uh, precious metals taken from the earth. It's a big metallic structure, which is why it's all forged. And like it's there's a line in the poem about like how they're like robbing Mother Earth of her treasures to build it. So I think it's very golden as well. Mm. It's a very cool sounding building. It's where Lucifer lives. It's the devil's house. It's also where like all the capital meetings get held. So like it's basically where like the it's like the Capitol building. It's the White House of Hell. Nice. Yeah, that's kind of it. Like it's it's, it's pretty fun. They have all of their meetings there. Um, yeah, this Mulsiber guy is like is very much drawn from the Greek god. Like the story that Milton writes of Mulsiber's fall very much mirrors a fall of the god Hephaestus um, in the story where he is um, made to fall by Jupiter. Like basically, it mirrors it massively mirrors uh, Greek and Roman mythology mm-hmm. in terms of like the story of that angel and the way that Milton's written it, which is pretty fun. So like he loved a bit of Greek and Roman mythology nice. when he and found inspiration for his, his angels with it nice so yeah aka if this is describing asriel's fortress which is the devil's house we are correct asriel is the devil and he can fucking do one yes agreed <laughs> agreed great love it but it's interesting that phil's chosen this for asriel's fortress like not just because it's like a direct parallel like visually wise but like i don't know i always get the impression that like phil likes asriel i don't know why yeah no, I think so. Like directly comparing him to the devil, basically, by choosing this quote is like an interesting choice, I think. It's actually really interesting. The I'm kind of glad you brought that up because when I was reading the chapter and like Asriel, well, obviously we'll get to it, but Asriel is just fucking horrific in this chapter. And then I was like, is Phil doing that on purpose? Is he, you know, like, is he still on Asriel's side? Like, how is he, how is he? thinking about Asriel when he was writing him you know like he was saying like does he like Asriel does he see the things that he's doing uh you know like not the right things but you know is he on board with what Asriel's doing in this chapter or is he writing him to be kind of a villain like I don't I don't know and it makes me like question Phil a little bit yeah I partly wonder if it's like Phil has been like well I tried to make everyone realize Asriel was the villain at the end of the first book when he murdered Lyra's best friend and then, but then all these people all the way through the second book, Asriel, he's not been around for mm. the second book. We haven't even really seen him. I need to remind everyone how much of a shitty person he is while everyone else is standing him through the whole book. Like, maybe we need to remind the reader, but then it's like, I don't, I don't know. I think it's a thing of, you know, the whole thing with Phil, like, you know, there's good and bad in everyone. It's not always someone's evil, someone's good. And like, he does that with Coulter and he's also now doing it with Asriel, but maybe to more of a extreme extent. Mm. so maybe it's like trying to you know for both of them because like there's a lot of stuff in this chapter with Coulter as, as well again where you're like oh my god is she is she like telling the truth what's going on like and it's maybe it's similar for Asriel it's kind of like nobody is one of those things everybody is a bit of both mm. mm-hmm. but anyway fucking hate Asriel so much me too let's get into this chapter it starts my child my daughter where is she what have you done my Lyra I hate to see Coulter tied up uh, but I 
kind of like love to hear this melodrama from her. It's very much echoing like her screaming after Lyra when she was like clutching at her ankle when she went through. Like, I hate it, but I love Maybe I just love the flowery way that it's written. I don't know. The dialogue is... Uh, <laughs> I think it's that I find it humorous. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd, you'd, you'd be better. You'd do better to tear the fibers from my heart. It's a bit over the top. It's a bit OTT. Coulter, which is again mm. maybe done on purpose so that we're still a bit like hmm well is this real is this mm. not what's going on she's tied up the monkey's in chains i'm not gonna say anything because i'll just make it sexual like i always do so <laughs> let's move along <laughs> yes she is looking disheveled to say the least which i'm not loving Azriel is about to be the worst and do two monologues on why he's horrendous and and, and a massive sexist misogynistic pig. Before 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 we have to scream <laughs> Scoresby, um, there's like an uh, so Asriel's ignoring Mrs. Coulter. There's like an orderly there, and it says they have a terrier demon. So I was like, is it Thorold? But surely they would mention if it was Thorold, right? I feel like they would, right? Yeah, yeah. I would have thought so. We know Thorold. We're big pals. Yeah. Big pals with Thorold. You know, so yeah, surely, surely. Also, if it was him, Coulter would recognize him and appeal to him, right? Yeah, surely. for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Cool. That's true. Yeah. So Asriel goes on this thing about how he fucking hates Lyra, basically. But the thing, the bit that I want to pull up, and the bit that made me text you immediately when I started reading this chapter and said, like, fuck this, Rich, I'm not fucking doing it because I fucking hate this chapter, <laughs> is the next bit where he is basically shaming Coulter for being a mother that could potentially love her child. He's like saying, oh, it's like, it's dimmed you. Like, oh, I can't believe how pathetic like you are for like wanting to love your child. Like I fucking, the the misogyny in that is literally outrageous. Like it filled my bones with rage. Like I cannot tell Mm -hmm. you how, like how much it angered me. Like, just because you're a fucking mother doesn't mean that you're not fierce and strong as well. Like, I cannot, I, I hate it. Scoresby. <laughs> For a bit of my relief, Mrs. Coulter is giving, don't talk to me or my child ever again. Yes, energy. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. And a thing that I love is seeing Mrs. Coulter stand up for Lyra. So when Asriel is, again, I, this definitely has to be Phil reminding us that Asriel is a prick mm-hmm. and wanting us to turn against him because you don't get to slate Lyra in this book and get away with it mm-hmm. with these readers. We love Lyra. You don't get to talk about our girl that way and you don't get to talk about her mum that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he's like, oh, she's uh, all right, bright but not intellectual, impulsive, dishonest, greedy, and Coulter shoots back immediately, like brave, generous, loving. And it's like, those are not things that Coulter would usually say, but I feel like she's definitely imposing this like motherly image mm-hmm. upon herself. And like, we just love to see Lyra being defended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate it i hate the words that Azriel chooses um that he keeps coming out with particularly gendered terms as well yes. like i really hate it the one that got me the most and i don't even know why mm-hmm. was the and along come along comes a foul mouth ignorant little brat with dirty fingernails and you cluck and settle your feathers over her like her like a hen i hated that I fucking hated it. Mm-mm. Like, I hated it all, don't get me wrong. And you're so right. Like, the gendered language in this is just, like, just fucking horrific. God, I want to smash his face in. <laughs> yeah. it. This chapter, this chapter is why I raise an eyebrow and go, really? If anyone ever says that they like, yes. like Asriel. Find him useful as a character. Mm-hmm. 
find him a good antagonist Mm -hmm. like him absolutely the fuck not (laughs) i will say that i do really like so this kind this kind of next bit that happens with colter is kind of the only glimpse we get of the colter that we kind of know and like the big c energy if you will because like the rest Mm -hmm. of the chapter she is trying she's doing like she's trying to find out as much information as she can so she's playing to different people so this is the only bit where we Mm, get like the power imbalance is not in her favor through all of the chapter for sure so this is the only bit where we get some big c energy so mrs coulter was more after this fucking horrendous fucking monologue from Azrael. Tirade, yeah. Yes. Uh, Mrs. Coulter was more like her daughter than she knew. Her answer to this was to spit in Lord Azrael's face. He wiped it calmly away and said, a gag would put an end to that kind of behaviour too. Oh, do correct me, Azrael, she said. Someone who displays a captive to his under officers tied to a chair is clearly a prince of politeness. Untie me or I'll force you to gag me. Yes, bitch. Love it. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Part of me is a little bit like, I get it. She does not want to be... She does not want to lose her dignity in front of other people. I do not want that for her. We do not want to see Mrs. Coulter brought low. But also, we... I want Asriel to be shamed yeah. for his horrendous behaviour. Mm-hmm. So I almost don't want Coulter to go and fix herself up and make it look like he is a good captor. Because he is not a good captor, mm. if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it does. Like, I want her to shame him. Yeah. I struggled a lot with the the bit that comes immediately after this where he does go to gag her and she begs him not to. Like, I really... That, like, kind of made me... Um, I'm really not... And I don't think anybody is, but, like, it particularly impacts me when I see men forcing women to do things that they don't want to. So to, to see her break in that moment and to, you know, like cry and like beg him not to gag her like that really got to me and I really did not like it as in like I don't think it should have been in the book like I just I don't like it's too much of a power imbalance there and I think that really plays into like the the gender of it all there as well like whereas like gender I feel with Coulter and Asriel they are two equals um I I think most people that read, read these books see them as that and to like have that tip the scales that drastically i did not like that at all yeah well because like usually so for example the end of the first book when we see them like kind of having a bit of an altercation that then turns into them making out the power imbalance is there but it's you know for them it gets hot but like this moment is the opposite of that Mm -hmm. like it's they are having a back and forth but the power like they're not on an equal footing anymore and then it's really like you think oh no they're still at least like you know, slapping each other with the word with words mm-hmm. and like she's still biting back and she's still got some power there. But that moment is just like, nope. And that's very like I I hate it. I hate it. I don't like it at all. No, me neither. I had a note that I we've we've gone past, but I wanted to point it out because Asriel says the child must have some gift I've never seen myself. Of course you've never fucking seen any gift that, <laughs> that child has yourself. You've never even fucking looked at her. Yeah. Like <laughs> Yeah, for sure yeah just more Azrael underestimating the women in his life and again underestimating Coulter yeah I have so much hate for this chapter that was just one of the notes I had that was like vaguely humorous I felt oh I don't want to miss that because we're only going to be angry this episode so Mm -hmm. (sighs) so Mrs Coulter fixes herself up in the mirror well he unties he agrees to untie her but the monkey is kept in chains before this happens which 
yeah, I don't get why that isn't just the standard method of um, holding anybody captive to just restrict their demons' movement, and then you've restricted their movement automatically. Mm, true. And then it means you don't have to. I don't know. I guess it, she could attempt to untie the monkey if she was untied. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So she goes and fixes herself up, and comes. And uh, when she comes out, we are met with uh, Lord Roke, King of Gunway, and. Is there one other person? Oh, and an angel that we have not met before, uh-huh. which is very exciting. And her name is Zaphania. Zaphania? Yeah, I'm not sure. I've been reading it in my head as Zaphania. I just but... call it a Zaph. Great. Good. That We can go with that. Um, <laughs> Zaphy? Zaphy. Yeah, Zaphy. Um, also, just, I just want to point out, um, just Coulter still has... Like her resolved because she's still in pain from the gal- uh, fucking Tally and Sally poisoning her, but she will not let Asriel see that. And that kind of like mm-hmm. carries on throughout this chapter um, in terms of like stuff like that with Coulter. Also, the act of announcing someone into a room is ridiculous. Like yeah. they're all announced into the room, and I'm like, well, the men are actually. I don't think, I don't think Zaffy is, is she? Uh, yeah, no, I don't think so. No. Maybe it's because she just materializes wherever she wants. The guy, the guy that <laughs> like maybe she came in through the window and the guy was like, eh. the guy that introduces people is like, oh fuck, I missed that one. <laughs> shit. Oh shit, not again. <laughs> Zafi comes in and we learn that she is a higher rank than uh, Balthamos and Baruch. Um, yeah, it's kind of denoted by the fact that you can see her more clearly. Yes. Like the light from another world that seems to illuminate her is like brighter and like she but probably like has a bit more substance and solidity to her when she wants. Yeah. Whereas like Balthamos and Brooke, we could basically only see them if like fire smoke was passing over them or if it was particularly like twilight kind of time and stuff. Which I love that. I love that that's an angel property is like the more, the older you are or the more powerful you are, the more substance you have. Yeah. 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 Um. So Gunway tells Asriel like what happened in the battle and then I feel like here, like Coulter and like a gunway have like a little bit of a flirt, but then he completely mm-hmm. turns on her like fucking two minutes later. Where like, and I'm just like, ew, what? It's gross. He's like, oh, we captured the lady Coulter, and I hope we treat you courteously. And she's like, you did, sir. Thank you. Like, what is this? Oh, I like that. She's like, well, you did. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the 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 slight emphasis on you is in like well Asriel's a prick well yeah just so you know <laughs> like she's not going to miss an opportunity to shame him a little bit which I do appreciate yeah for sure for sure so then Lord Rook kind of gives us a bit of like uh, exposition which is the stuff we already know basically runs down the last two chapters for us <laughs> yeah yeah basically like where Lyra and Will were yeah what's happening just in case you skipped those last two chapters um Lord Rook lays it all down for us it's interesting to know that they don't have a magisterium spy anymore because Tally and Sally are with Will and Lyra so their information on the magisterium is about to be like dangerously out of date they rely on the alethiometer uh, at the magisterium Coulter says that Fra Pavel is slow and they won't know where Lyra is for a few hours. So they've still got, they're still like one, I was going to say one jump ahead and then a thought of Aladdin and, you know. One step ahead of the clergy. There you go. <laughs> da, 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 da. There it is. There it is. <laughs> this is some more fucking misogyny from a gunway out of nowhere. Why? Mm-hmm. I just don't understand. He's basically like, oh, 
may we know whether the lady is now part of this commanding council? If so, what's her function? Should she not be taken elsewhere? And then Azrael says that she's a captive and our guest and a former agent of the church. She might have information. And then a, a fucking rook fucking... Who put a fucking penny in Rook when he's like, will she reveal anything willingly or will she need to be tortured? Fuck off. He's just, he, he's got a spurs at the ready. He's like, come on. <laughs> he's such a little prick. Yeah. They're all pricks. Yeah. Also, Mrs. Coulter, again, just being like, I would have thought Lord Azrael's commanders would know better than expect truth to come out of torture, which is, which is rich coming from her right. because she literally tortured a witch like one book ago. Yeah. But also, I'm going to put out there, while... Asriel and Coulter were talking and Asriel was being so patronising and rude and disrespectful to Coulter. It made me think, you know what? Even when Coulter was torturing that witch, she treated her as an equal. Mm. She gave her respect. Even though she was torturing her, there was a level of respect and there. Yeah. It was a respectful torturing. <laughs> yeah. No, but like there was a level of respect there. She wasn't like belittling. No. She wasn't... There was like a level there that was like okay, I want to get this information from you and this is how it's going to go. But there wasn't like, he, she wasn't rude. Why is Azriel so rude? So All the time. Rude. Why doesn't he respect anybody? Right. And honestly, I hear the, we again here get the similar vibes as to what Phil was writing with Will that apparently no fucking men can control themselves around Coulter and that is apparently Coulter's fault. Yeah. Like what? Like a gunway says to her uh, says to her, um Azriel. Azriel says, however, if any of you has a doubt, express it now fearlessly. A gunway says, I do, but I doubt you, not her. Why, said Lord Azriel, if she tempted you, you would not resist. Like, fuck off. Like, what is this thing? Like, why are we painting Coulter, especially as like a temptress and putting the blame on her rather than these men that apparently can't fucking control themselves around her. It's so fucking... She's a literal captive. It is, like... exactly. It's so fucking misogynistic. I Honestly, I'm fucking... God damn it. Just the like, treat her with every courtesy, give her the greatest comfort, but place her somewhere else and stay away from her. <sighs> Just, no, mm. control yourself. Just keep your dick in your pants. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Also, just like if you can't do it, don't blame the don't blame the person that's just existing. Oh, it's a whole thing, isn't it? It's a whole fucking thing that we see every yeah. day. Like, oh, women don't wear this thing, don't walk alone at night, all that kind of shite. And I fucking mm. do you know what? Scorsby, I'm saying it again. However, if we wanted, we could read this as a read on Asriel, where he's like, I doubt you, not her. Like. If she so chose to seduce you, you'd be crawling on your hands and knees because that's how great she is. That's how I'm going to choose to read Ooh, it. In I like this that moment. One. Let's take a horrible moment and flip it on its head. A good way recognizes this woman is so powerful that if she chose to try and seduce you, you would be completely helpless. Oh. <laughs> I would be completely helpless. <laughs> we all would be. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so maybe it is placing the power in her court. Like, I, I trust her. To be able to control herself. Mm. I don't trust you because the moment she snapped her fingers, you'd be jelly. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I wish it was I that. Know. I fucking wish I it was know. that. We don't get the vibe it's that, but I fucking wish it was. <laughs> you know this whole like next like paragraph where like Coulter like goes on for quite a bit about like how much she loves Lyra and she names like the three times that she saved her, which we were wondering about. I love it that she thinks that she saved her from Jordan when all she did was take her to London. But anyway, whatever. I think she thought she was protecting her from the gobblers. Yeah. But like literally got her gobbled. Yeah. The the thing that makes me 
laugh, I suppose, in this bit, is it? How can you forget that you had a child? She's like, oh, but then the church began to take an interest in dust and in children and something stirred in my heart and I remembered that I was a mother and Lyra was my child. It's like, oh, did you forget giving birth? Like, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, Coulter. It's a very um, fair weather, not even a fair weather motherhood, actually. It's it's a rough weather motherhood mm-hmm. for Coulter. Mm-hmm. She only cares about Lyra when times are hard. Um, yes. Specifically for Lyra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that we've been reminded of these things. Mm-hmm. It feels like very late in the book to be doing exposition on how, on all of Coulter and Lyra's relationship, yeah. but I'm here for yeah. it. <laughs> so she, again, it's more, like you said, it's kind of more expositional on like what we already know, just in case we forgot. But like the interesting bit that I kind of didn't, I, I wouldn't say like is not the right word, but like kind of stuck in my brain is her like explaining that the church will kill her and like how they would do it. So she says, no, they're bound to kill her. If they could, they'd go back to the Garden of Eden and kill Eve before she was tempted. Killing is not difficult for them. Calvin himself ordered the deaths of children. They'd kill her with pomp and ceremonial and prayers and lamentations and... and, hmm, How do you say that? These words? Psalms. Psalms and hymns. Uh, But they would kill her. If she falls into their hands, she's dead already. And it kind of goes back to that, like, preemptive absolution. Like, they do all this shit to, like, you know, absolve themselves of killing children, but they still fucking do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just gross, isn't it? It's just grim. It is grim. I love that a gunway calls her on her bullshit because when she's like that's why i took her to be safe that's why we were going to stay and he's like you drugged her yeah you kept her unconscious like "Mm, don't don't let's play i'm a martyr mother here Mm -hmm. like you abandoned her for 12 years yeah and then you took her to a strange place didn't really bother to look for her that hard when she ran away barely saved her from your own misdeeds in Bolvanger. Barely. Which is very hypocritical because you were quite happy to sever a bunch of other people's children, but not Mm -hmm. your own. And then literally kidnapped her and drugged her. Yeah. I don't think those add up to a good mother. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, yes, King of Gunway. You tell her (laughs) a little bit. Yeah, no, I agree. But also he's a fucking twat. Everyone in this chapter's a twat. Um, So... Asriel doesn't believe her, so he thinks to himself, she was shameless, she spoke quietly, she didn't declaim or raise her voice, and when a a sob shook her, it was muffled almost into a hiccup, as if she were stifling her emotions for the sake of courtesy, which made her barefaced lies all the more effective, Lord Asriel thought with disgust. She lied in the very marrow of her bones. And then I just want to check in with the two of us, and what do we think? Do we think that she's lying? I'm leaning towards her not, like, I'm leaning towards believing her. It's interesting, isn't it, right? Because Phil makes a point of making sure we know that it's Asriel thinking that she's lying. Not stating, and she's lying, she's being deceitful. Like, it's very much left up to us Mm -hmm. that, yeah, Asriel will not trust her as far as he can throw her. Mm -hmm. And we are like oh i don't know like it sounds genuine we want it to be but also we know that all of that stuff was really fucked up yeah but like i is it in a caring way i no i, I so no right so my thing is 
I'm leaning towards thinking now that she does care about Lyra and that going forward, she wants to do what's in Lyra's best interest. I'm leaning towards that. But I think the lie mm. in my head anyway, the lies that she's telling about like saving her and like, you know, like wanting to do what's in her best interest. I think she's kind of telling herself that to, you know, to like yeah. justify what she's done so far. Whereas I think there was like a clear turning point where she decided that she loved Lyra and she wanted to be there for her. Yeah. But everything before that, like, wasn't, you know, that's so she's kind of like made up this false reality for herself to make herself feel better about all the things that she's done. Yeah, definitely. I feel like her initial interest in Lyra is like, that's why that feels the weakest, right? Her initial interest in Lyra of like, oh, I saved her from the gobblers to take her to London. I think she just, like you said, remembered she existed because she happened to be working with a lot of children mm. and was like, oh yeah, I've got one of those. Maybe I should try and, I don't know, have a little go at doing the being a mother thing. Like, I wonder if it was very much a, oh, I could try that initially. And then she realised she cared for her. And that's why she had the emotional reaction at Volvanger when she rescued her from the machine. Because that was genuine, I felt. Yeah. The actual rescue moment. Even if immediately after, her mind went straight back to like, what I need, what I want for the power that I have obtained and wish to keep obtaining. And I feel like she was like very much up to that point, right up until she knew the prophecy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's when something switched, potentially. Because yeah. like yeah. kidnapping Lyra does nothing to gain Mrs. Coulter power. If anything, it puts her in everybody's shit. Like on everyone's shit list. Yeah, so she's like directing her words mainly towards a gun where Asriel sees it and he assumes that it's because he's the like the only human one there and she knows how to play humans. And then Rook compares her to a scorpion. Like everyone's just got mm-hmm. their own fucking brutal opinions about her, which um, you know, may or may not be misogynistic. They now want her to stay in the room, but Asriel wants her to leave. Uh, so like the tables have turned a little bit here she stays and he tells her to stay quiet and i'm just like how dare you speak to her to be honest how fucking dare you i do love the vibe though because like she has given a monologue when he's like stay you've spoken enough stay quiet and it's like yeah for someone that was just sitting in on a meeting as a captive she has done quite a monologue yeah oh yeah for sure yeah i love that she's managed that because it shows her control of her room even when captive (laughs) but like yeah for someone that's just supposed to be sitting in (laughs) yeah and like the thing is as well is like another reason why this chapter annoyed me is because i forgot so obviously we get this introduction to zafi when she comes in but then she doesn't get to fucking speak until mrs coulter then turns to her and asks her questions about being an angel and all that shit and it's like was she i forgot that she was in the fucking room because all these men were fucking chatting shit about Coulter. Yeah. I think the conversation about being an angel is the only part of this chapter that passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I don't think she asks anything about a man in that in that particular exchange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's nice. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we learn a little bit about Zafi and this fucking absolute boom rest of a line. And her lined face was older than any living creature Mrs. Coulter had ever seen. Roasted. <laughs> She old as fuck. I'm imagining like Grandmother Willow's face oh, yeah. on an angel's yeah. body. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Oh no, because she then immediately mentions Lord Asriel. Yeah. So no, it doesn't pass no. the Bechdel test. No. Zafi says that she's pledged her allegiance to Asriel. So boom, sad times. No Bechdel test passing for this chapter. Mm. Nah. Before we um like get to that bit, I've skipped ahead a little bit. We learn. We've already said that they know a lot about the church but um, it's going to be out of date soon. And then Mrs. Coulter gets an idea 
but she keeps it quiet. She doesn't say anything. They have a, they exchange a little glance that feels like a powerful ambaric spark, but say nothing. And I think that's the demon version of a light bulb moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. They're the, the little different terminals of a light bulb that the spark passes. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then Azrael and Tyza Monkey, because they're all going to look at this intention craft thing. And then this is where this fucking ridiculously long journey to see this fucking shit piece of shrapnel happens i'm not in, I, can't, I can't honestly i don't i don't <laughs> i'm not a fan i just don't care about cars no, no i don't <laughs> let's face it it's a tesla yeah. we're yeah. done <laughs> everyone walks down five million sets of steps to visit lord asriel's tesla explains why there's stairs in the picture because they do spend a majority of this chapter walking down they really do and then so Mrs. Coulter and Zappy have like a chat about like the war and there's going to be a war and, you know, we'll all be destroyed and cruelty will reign forever. You know, all that shit. All the good, <laughs> all the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Basically, Coulter's taking the opportunity as they go down the stairs to like talk to each person individually, which I quite like. She's just like getting yes. a read of everybody. Yeah, for sure. She's finding out all the info, isn't she? Because she's like asking like because she has a chat with Zafi and then she like carries on and then she like has a little chat to King Ogunway where she starts asking about the Galavespians mm-hmm. and like where they come from and that's int- which I think is very nice because mm. like she I think she sensed that Lord Roke is just very keen to torture her so she doesn't want to speak to him one on one yet <laughs> until she knows more about him so she asks King Ogunway yeah. and I like that and it's interesting to learn where they're from because we we were asking that I think last chapter or the chapter before yeah, like what the vibes were in their world. And the vibes are a majority of the Galavespians are on the same side as Lord Asriel. And a majority of the humans in their world, because it's Galavespians and humans that live in their world, uh, are on the side of whatever the, their equivalent of the church is. And there's like a few go either way, but it's mostly Galavespians v humans. As a person that has never seen this show, only snippets, it gave me Attack on Titan vibes. The like description of like the uh, humans versus Galvespians, um, you know, mm-hmm. big people against smaller people. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the show. <laughs> I mean, I I really hope that the humans are not eating the Galvespians alive, but um, that would make it very horrific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. And yeah, Colt is like, oh, um, asking more questions about like, oh, like who's with the enemy, what's going on, the angels, what's going on with them, how many, how many of them are there. She's asking very, like, obvious questions. And King Ogunway is like, these are the sorts of things a spy might want to find yes. out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I love Coulter's response, which is, yeah, a fine sort of spy I'd be to ask you so transparently. And I'm a captive. I couldn't get away, even if I had a safe place to flee to. So he's just like, oh. Well, if you say so, I'm happy to believe you. Yeah. And just carries yeah. on to talking. Cool? I'll tell you all the information. Why not? And he's like, that that sounds like you could be a spy. And she's like, no, well, I'm not a spy. And he's okay. Like, Fair enough. <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Let's carry on, shall we? <laughs> Glad we got that sorted. Now I can tell you all of Azriel's dirty secrets. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, it's worth noting, we've gone past this way, but I just wanted to bring it up that uh, a gunway has a cheetah demon. Yes, mm. yes. It's a great demon. Yeah. And then there's like, you know, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of like expositiony stuff from a gunway, which um we find out that the authority was is not the creator 
uh, there was like he was mm-hmm. something was there before and he came into being and then decided that he was the one that was going to say that he created everything that's like a fucking moment for Coulter. she's like wow what the fuck is that knowledge well she's just like not used to hearing this kind yeah. of stuff at all because like everyone's so scared of heresy within the ccd that they just would never even think about saying anything even close to that like the cc the the consistorial court all the magisterium are still trying to tell everyone that like dinosaurs were planted by the devil to make you doubt stuff <laughs> yeah and mrs colt is like wow well, yeah. oh, i don't know <laughs> she's just never heard anything like it which i think is like yeah yeah they're like they're not they're not just you know telling people that evolution exists they're like full-on being like no no god is a lie yeah. uh the authority is just some person that stuck a crown on their head and said they made everything when they definitely didn't they took credit for someone else's work and she's like oh my god. the world that they're in now they want to build a, like a new world in there basically and they want it to be a world that has like no kings no bishops no priests no like hierarchy they just want everyone to be like on the same level i suppose yeah which is rich considering lord asriel sits at the top of a very high tower right and like tells everyone what to do so then a gunway just walks off basically (laughs) and just like ends the conversation love it yes um And then they go further down and then this is where I wrote a note about getting mad at all the fucking travel description in this chapter because it really pissed me off. It's too much of it. Um, And they end up in a hall where like there's people working, like Asriel's talking to random people. Uh, But it's interesting to note that like every pillar in there has like a little ledge so that Lord Rook's hawk can land on it so it can be at head height um, for all their conversations. Um, I love that. Very... Thoughtful in terms of be actually being a good, uh, like socialist society vibe, mm. great accessibility yeah. for all of its citizens at, so far that we can see. Yes, true. <laughs> that's, that's the one thing I'll give them. True, true, true. Um, and then they get on a train. <laughs> they get on a train. It's like when you go to the airport and the terminal <laughs> that you're going to is like so far away that you have to get on the like the sad little train to get yeah. there. Yeah. Like it's like when some wanker's so rich that his like multi-car garage is at the other side of the estate, and you have oh, to get a little god. monorail to the garage. Oh, yeah, fucking hell! <laughs> oh god! The only thing that could beat this is like a travelator. That would be great if they were just stood on like the yes. little moving platform. Yes, yes, yes. I can imagine it. So like Coulter then speaks to Lord Rook, and I suppose it's like quite a clever conversation in the sense that she's like oh do do you like do they do your people always go out in pairs and and lord rook's like well you guys have your demons so why would we not also go out in pairs like we wouldn't ask you Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't go out with your demon kind of thing and this is where i got the real sense that she was asking she want i I mean obviously you could tell with the gunway conversation but i think this is the real conversation where you're like oh she's really trying to find shit out here like she's finding stuff out to try and use it to her like advantage i also love the vibe that is lord roke is cold af and Coulter cannot actually get very much out yeah. of him yeah, yeah and yeah. she just kind of just goes okay and like looks down and just kind of stops talking yeah. she's like oh, all right then <laughs> then the train keeps going and going and going and going asriel finally gets everybody to the doors of his fancy garage uh, we pass a bunch of people with like hammers and stuff. Basically, very 
pandemonium energy mm-hmm. coming from Asriel's workshop area. It made me, you're going to laugh and you, you're going to laugh as soon as I say this, but when it's like, oh, it's really hot and they're all like hammering and shit, it made me think of the engine room on the Titanic. <laughs> Very much that vibe right? though. Yeah, yeah, just like loud. Yeah. Like it's so loud they can't talk. And it's, hot. it's probably steamy. Yeah. It's hot. It's, yeah. But unfortunately, nobody's going to fucking bang in a car and do the the classic titanic hand on the on the, <laughs> on the window yeah God, i love that film Sad, sadly not no it's interesting though like you know phil does again pulling on the pandemonium vibes like the iron works and stuff he literally says that like you know he's talking about metal flowing into a mold and he says it cools in a cloud of evil smoke mm. um and like a lot of the like words that are being used are really like harsh words and, like monstrous hammers um and all sorts of things like that that are very a pandemonium after having read about it for because of the quote used at the beginning of the book b mordor mm, yeah yeah i mean yeah. i know you don't love lord of the rings but it's very yeah, mordor it energy yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah very much that um i love that we just get a little yeah. call back to bear dad where it's like if yorick could have seen this armory he might have admitted that these people knew something yeah. about working with metal mm-hmm. um brilliant um, I think Yorick wouldn't like it because he'd be like, this is like too much. Yeah, I think so too. I think he'd be like, this is, you don't need all this shit. Yeah. Like, where is the personal touch? Yeah. Where are the paw prints? If I don't see the paw prints in the metal, then it's not got a soul. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel oh. that Yorick would yeah, be. Yeah, that's true. So then they go outside. There's like been a fucking massive like crater basically, like chipped into the mountainside. Um, there's like men dragging this fucking thing with a tarp over it. You can tell how much I give a shit out of the fucking hole in the mountain. Genuinely, this is the bit I was making my notes quite late last night. I couldn't keep my eyes open (laughs) reading this. Like, I was very sleepy, but also this is the chapter where my brain just shut off because I was like, it's just describing a car and I can't be Exactly. (laughs) The only bit I give a shit in this section is when Colter fucks off in it at the end. That's the only bit I care about. Mm, mm-hmm. So it's an intention. It's called an intention craft. It's got like, I'm not reading the description because it's boring as fuck, but it's got six legs. It looks a bit like a what I imagine like an insect would look like. And I think it's described like that a little bit further on. Yeah, kind of dragonfly in my head, but maybe that's because we've had so many, and like, especially with the way that it's described as like hovering in midair, dragonflies have that ability to just be like extra still and it kind of creeps you out a bit. Mm, that's true. And... I just don't care. Basically, you control it by willpower, right? So your demon has to have some kind of hold on it. And there's a whole thing here where, like, why is there a raiding party? Why are there, like, gyropters coming over? Is it just to demonstrate how it works? Literally, it feels like a very convenient opportunity for Azriel to show off what his new toy can do. Exactly. That's it. It feels like a weapons demo test in like I think it's like one of the first Iron Man films and they do a big thing where you know everyone hunkers down behind some things and they like you know show off what this like shooty drone can do it's kind of that yeah so in terms of like what it can do because like the description of this of this like weird battle that takes place in the air is I found quite difficult to get my head around so are we saying that what it can do is that okay Asriel sat in the you know the driver's seat whatever you want to call it uh style is like holding the wire that she needs to hold and he's got the helmet on so that it controls it. And they're thinking like, oh, I want to hit that thing or that. There's a massive bird at some point, isn't there? I want to hit that. I want to hit that. I want to hit that. So that's what it does. Basically. 
Yeah. Just think like, shoot that. Let's go forward. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely could never drive one because I don't have good enough concentration. <laughs> no, me neither. I, it would, me trying to drive in a straight line in an intention craft, it'd be like, okay, straight line. Oh, a bird. And suddenly I'm like up a tree. Yeah. I would be the exact same. Oh, I wonder what I had for breakfast. And then all of a sudden it's back in my kitchen and I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Like, I just wouldn't get where I needed to go because I get distracted halfway through my thought. <laughs> I would be the same. Also, if it wasn't clear when I was exp- trying to explain it, you have to have a demon to drive one of these. You can't drive it if you don't have a demon. So yeah, so there's like a big fight in the sky. Yeah, sky fight. Didn't super get into it. I sure hope nothing super important happened there because I wasn't particularly paying attention. I think it even says that Mrs. Coulter found it hard to follow. Yeah, Asriel blips in, blips around, deals with the fight. It shows how powerful it is, I guess, as a weapon slash vehicle. And then that's kind of it. I just... uh, Skyfight. I don't feel any need to say much more than that. Like, Skyfight, Asriel shows off his new toy. We come back down. Coulter just like... Oh, one big moment. Big moment. That I have to mention. very big moment. Huge, big moment. Huge, big moment. Before we get into Coulter asking... Asriel like exactly how it works and stuff. Why is he showing it to us? Her demon said quietly. Surely he can't have read our mind, she replied in the same tone. Excuse Did LMP just me? fucking speak? What the fuck? Pepper that in, Phil. Is this the one and only time we've heard LMP utter a single word? Yeah. Seven words. Seven words from, <laughs> from LMP. LMP. Will he ever say another thing again? I don't know. What a moment to have chosen to have the only words that LMP has ever said in this entire book series. I wonder here, because it doesn't seem that significant, you know? Like, it's not like a moment. To us, obviously, it's a big like a big thing. But like in the actual narrative, is it because Phil just needed a, a way to express that Coulter was wondering, like, why Asriel was showing it to them? Like, it doesn't feel like... Well, like, she could have just said both lines to her demon, if that was the case. And he could have been like, mm, and just shrugged. I just don't know why. I just can't figure out why Phil chose this moment in particular. Yeah. And, like, the books came out... If this was happening in the first book and then he never spoke again, I'd be like, oh, he probably decided it was a better narrative choice for the monkey not to talk and it made him more sinister. Or maybe he wrote the monkey a load of lines and just this one didn't get deleted when he decided that the monkey didn't talk. But we're in the third book. This is a choice, right? For sure. Yeah, it's a choice. I Absolutely. Like, why? I just... But why? Yeah. What? What's the reason for it? It seems, like, kind of anticlimactic in a way. I have the exact same question for Phil. Why is he showing us this? Phil, why are you? Sh- why is the monkey talking? <laughs> yeah, very weird. I feel like they're going to just do away with it in the TV series. Mm. I don't think they're, they're going to voice cast They're not putting a voice to the monkey. Yeah, 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 yeah. No. For one line. <laughs> I mean, they might as well just get Phoebe Waller-Bridge in because she only had one <laughs> line in the second season Ooh, anyway. <laughs> but so this is the moment as well that Mrs. Coulter pivots her initial plan the plan she was working towards right up until the point that she saw how effective the intention craft was was to offer to spy for Asriel and go to the ccd and to like lay out as a plan and just try and persuade them to let her and now that she can see what it can do she's like nah i'm just gonna go my own way take it she's gonna take it mm-hmm. she's gonna commit some grand theft intention crafter <laughs> But so Asriel, he knows what she's going to do. 
and he lets her do it. He claims he knew what she was going to do. Hmm. I like, I don't know. This is the thing again. Does he, doesn't he? The, I would obviously would never give Asriel credit and this is not me giving Asriel credit, but the only way, the only reason why I think it was intended on his side as well is because they've got a fucking newer model in the fucking back. Yeah. So why wouldn't, if he was just doing it to show off, he would bring out the newest model and show off. I think he knew she was going to do it and I think he wants her to do it. Because he wants her to go and spy. Yeah. Which is annoying. It is. But I do think that that's what the case is here. And I hate that if that's the case, that means Azrael gets to have like a smug moment later on where Cole's like, haha, I bested you. And he's like, haha, no, you didn't. Like, I don't want him to have that moment. He doesn't deserve it. Uh, it feels like a shitty magician moment where he's like, I've been manipulated. Like fucking Darren Brown vibes. Oh, I've been manipulating you into doing what I wanted all along. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So basically, she wants to know how it works. He definitely gets off on showing her oh, how to drive God. his car, though, honestly, right? Honestly, honestly, I it, it grossed me out, for sure. I was like, you. Ew. Oh, God. Even just when it said he helped her in, I was like, don't fucking help her. She's fine. But I do love that she fucking shoves him out. Yeah. <laughs> she just pushes he, him. I fucking hope he, like, smashed his face on the concrete and broke his nose on the way down. <laughs> me too. That was quite violent. I didn't mean... I mean, I did mean it, but I didn't mean it. Does it mean that... So she shoved Asriel out of it. That means that either Stelmaria fell with him or she jumped out, obviously, to make sure that they didn't break, uh, didn't sever. Stel jumped out gracefully. So this is where I struggle with Asriel. Like, Asriel's a fucking prick. Stelmaria, queen of my heart. I don't know why. I think it's just because I'm a cat lady and she's a snow leopard. And, like, she's endangered. Give her a break. But, like, I just... I love her. Yeah. And so I feel like he gets pushed out. I want him to look foolish when he gets pushed out, to fall on his ass, to like have not, at the very least, not expected her to like full on shove him, you know, and to like look a bit like, and to be flustered. And I want her to just gracefully hop out. Yeah, absolutely. She is in there. She basically gets the hang of it, flies the fuck off. Asriel's kind of like, uh, fuck, but also has that smugness about him that he knows it was going to happen. He sends Lord Rook with her. Yeah, so this is what I don't get because it's like everyone is about, like, a gunway's about to order his soldiers to, like, fire on the craft to stop her. And, like, the way that Asriel kind of stops it is, is weird. He's like, oh, Lord Rook, go with them. It feels more in the moment than it is and it's only at the very end of the chapter that Asriel's like, oh, I knew it all along and they, like, go and see the, like, shinier one. I don't get why he's not clued in everybody on what the deal is or if he just didn't quite know how it was going to go down i don't know also i think that he's still the person the type of person that wants to keep his cards close to his chest especially with like colter because also there's like that there's that fucking tension between them as well isn't he which he's obviously a gunway's obviously already sensed and it's like does he just want to keep that side of things closer to his chest than he would everything else it can only have been a plan a plan of his for a short while because obviously he didn't know that Coulter was going to get captured from when she was in the cave with Lyra this has come to fruition between the two of them whether they communicated it or not quite quickly it's not something that he'd been planning for a while also I very much dislike because Ogunway asks aren't you going to pursue her Asriel says well King you were quite right I should have listened to you in the first place she is Lyra's mother I might have expected something like that and Ogunway is like, aren't you going to pursue her? And he's like, what? And destroy a perfectly good aircraft? Certainly not. <sighs> I hate this because he literally, one sentence before is like, 
I should have expected this from the mother of my child. And then the guy's like, aren't you going to go after her? And he's like, what? And waste a good car? Like, it's the immediate, like, you literally mention how important this person's relationship should be to you and why you should care about that person more than your car. And then he cracks a joke about like, oh, what a waste of good car, rather than be like, what? And shoot down the mother of my child? Yep. I hate how he also has this like icky admiration for what's happening as well. Like it's like, oh, he looked at her with like a rueful admiration or whatever. And like, that's kind of like peppered into this chapter as well. And it's like, ew, grow up it's because she's got moxie that woman she's got moxie grow up as real do you know what i mean like fuck she's a hell. firecracker oh my god i hate it i fucking hate it so much also that like, you know that his admiration of Coulter is not like wow she's fucking rad it's like wow she's fucking rad and i banged her yeah i mean exactly like it's yes. because he's proud of himself not because he's proud of her he feels like he has some kind of ownership over her that's what it is yes 100 yeah. percent that yeah, yeah. And you know what? Ugh. I honestly like my final note on this chapter is a fucking course. They've got like a more advanced novel of this fucking midlife crisis car. Of, of course they have. Of course that's how this ends. As real with the upper fucking hand as always. Yeah. Also, they laughed. They laughed as they walked into the workshops. No. No, no. 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 Scoresby. <laughs> Thankfully, that's the fucking <laughs> end of this chapter because I don't want to talk about it for a second longer. Everybody breathe. Whatever, like, unclench your jaws, unclench your butt cheeks, like, whatever tension you're feeling, just let it out. We are done. You know what? The next chapter is called Oil and Lacquer, and the first two words of the next chapter are Mary Malone. <gasps> yeah. So we can look forward. Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of a wait because we are taking a break, but we can look forward to the cleansing energy that is Mary Malone in a few weeks' time. Absolutely. Everybody, like, sh- get, get your hands, shake your hands, and just shake Asriel out yes. of out of your thoughts, out of your mind. We don't want yes. this. Yeah, we're done. We're done with him. Yeah. What an aggy chapter. Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, I have, discussing it with you has been very cathartic. Hopefully the listeners will feel that way as well. But when I was just reading it by myself, I was like, oh, my God, the anger I have for this. The cat blocks in my notes section. The amount of of my notes that literally start or end with the words fuck you Asriel mm-hmm. the general sentiment of this chapter is fuck you Asriel and it always is you know do you have an award to give out my award this week is for LMP well done you mm. used your words <laughs> Well done for using your words. I mean, I feel like it's the only time we're ever going to hear him talk. So yeah, he gets to have the talkie award. Yeah, the talkie. The talkies. The talkies. Yeah, mine is going to be for Coulter just because although she, you know, she's no angel. Unlike Zaffy. Exactly. She was the victim of a hell of a lot of misogyny in this chapter. And she did hold her own very well, as she always does. But it was a tough chapter for Coulter mm-hmm. just it has been a tough chapter for all of us truly truly <laughs> you know what actually my award this week is to everybody that got this far is it for all of us <laughs> it's for all of us yeah. it's for everyone yeah. you get an award you get an award you get an award well done us. you made it this far not only through us ranting in this episode which I feel like we kept 
kind of a lid on some of it. I don't know. I did a lot of shouting, I feel. Yeah, so I did a lot of gesticulation, but that's fine because this is a podcast so no one can see how angrily I was waving my hands. But yeah, for anyone that got this far, not only through the book and this particular chapter of the book, but through this episode, you get an award mm-hmm. because that was rough. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. If you've got this far through the book, through the podcast, through everything with us, you will have heard me say this spiel many a time and you will know that we are still asking you to review the podcast and we are still offering a sweet, sweet reward if you do. So if you drop us a review, anywhere you can review the podcast, I think Apple Podcasts is the most useful one for us, but anywhere you can leave a review, just do it. Send us a screenshot of that review to her.materialspod at gmail.com and that screenshot and that email is your entry into a prize draw. When we get 50 entries, we'll pull 10 names out of a hat and 10 of you will get sent some sweet, sweet HDM pod bookmarks and one lucky person will get like the up-to-date sticker packs of the sticker merch that we do for all of the artwork of the seasons. So get those emails in. Yes, so nice things give us five stars the usual stuff that i usually say which is if you can't review us or you don't want to give us a shout out on social media tell a friend about us all that fun stuff we'd really like to continue growing the podcast and yeah also we just love hearing from you so we bloody love an email we really do so send us an email we bloody love an email (laughs) we do get in touch any way that you want to or can Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Her Dark Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at HDMPod. And you can email us at herdartmaterialspod at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from Rage. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm fair, and when I'm not absolutely losing my shit about how much I hate Azriel, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into You Pod. I'm Rachel, and when I'm not here being absolutely fucking livid about Azriel's treatment of Coulter, I am usually making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on Instagram at RachMakes, on Twitter and TikTok at Rach underscore makes, and over in my online shop, RachMakes.co.uk. Huge thanks as always to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings. And we'll see you at the end of June. And don't forget, keep telling stories and all will be well. done we got through that hellish chapter congratulations we did it well done everyone everyone go get a treat (laughs) you deserve it absolutely (laughs) bye-bye